Hey everybody, welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 622 being recorded on March 31, 2021. I'm Sebastian Peak. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Brett Van Spruenberg. And I'm Kent Burgess. Yes, Kent is here with his sterling video quality, and I, he is the winner of Best Background with that. Oh, hands down, yeah. It, yeah, easily. You mean you mean episode of Hoarders is not uh, the best? Runner-up, Josh Walrath. Mm-hmm. Look, it's you've a cat. You've had better lighting. Josh, you've yeah. had better lighting need, on that. He just needs the, the, the purple mm. lighting behind him like Kent does. Mm. Mm. He's I like just, a pro streamer. Just, There's a lot of things I need. We're going to get to that in a minute. I'm not happy yeah. with Josh this week, but in a uh, housekeeping, let's get that out of the way. Uh, you can find out when we go live uh, for events like this at pcper.com slash subscribe and join our exciting text mailing list. Well, it's not text. It's, it's email, but it's texts. It's not like pictures. And anyway, you can also support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash PC per Brett. Do we have any news on that front? You know that we do. I mean, I ask people to kind of chime in while we're here live with a uh, new, fresh change to their name if they're already a patron subscriber or a new subscriber, and we'll read that out loud. Our tolerance is very, very wide with what we'll read out loud. There are mm. just a couple things that, yeah. that we won't I, read out loud. There's only about like 50% of the stuff you can think of that I won't say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I might say the other 25% more. Sure. Yeah. Actually. Just, but and Josh and I can cover me. the rest. Absolutely. Sure. You know, it's almost 100% coverage in the end. But we do have a couple of new patrons that I want to especially thank. Uh, John uh, Wissink, I think if I pronounce that name properly. Thank you very much for joining sometime over the past week. I think it was last Wednesday or Thursday. Appreciate it. Thanks very much for helping us out, keeping the uh, podcast going and the server spinning around. And I think I mentioned uh, Mater Ferguson last time, but I just want to mention that name again because I like the name <clears throat> Mater Ferguson. So thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yes, we do. And it keeps us going. You know, when you, when you started all that, uh, Brett, um, it suddenly brought me back to Paul Schaefer doing advertising for Rolling Stones. Do you remember those commercials? You know, mm -hmm. I do. And I, I people the are constantly asking me, Paul, what is your favorite magazine? And I always answer them, Rolling Stones. And then he does a little dingle at the end. Yeah. Just call this number on the telephone. Get I your subscription to get a little Rolling bit more Stones. A little bit more nasally when I when I oh, kind of roll Paul into Schaefer that. Was the most That's getting better. In the 80s <laughs> and 90s. You know, most of our audience is going, who's Paul Schaefer? I know who he is, but yeah, I agree. Although, I don't know. I think our, our demographic are, are uh, sophisticated people who'd know about the Letterman The David show. Letterman show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's sophistication, yeah. all right. I think so. <laughs> we're, we're making a very strong case for Patreon. Uh, you know, you can support this, uh, talking about late <laughs> show sidekicks, musicians, well, you know, a producer people, too. He did a lot of stuff. People tune into this because we don't know what's going to happen. That's why people tune in. It's true. We don't do any rehearsals. Believe it or not, we don't do like a dry run of the show. We just we do no. it live. We just do it for live. you. 
And yeah. we're stalling here. I'm stalling because, you know, we don't have... We have some bad news this week. You know, this is the highlight of, of Sebastian's editing week, to it find is. the perfect, perfect song to go along with special. But there was no special today. None. I called him up. It's like, what's special? We don't have one. Talk to the owner. Clayton, what's going on, man? Where's the special? No, Josh, we don't have one. So I got the regular popper, and it tasted good, but it just just was not photogenic. And plus, we've seen it about a dozen times on the podcast. But I still appreciated the two four-ounce patties, candied fried jalapeno, cream cheese, raspberry chipotle, and a sesame seed bun, and I think they even have some pepper jack in there. The fries were on point, though, so I... Just, you know, take what I said and, and and visualize. You can do it. You don't have to have graphic interpretations. I mean, internet porn has been around only for 20 years. Before that, sure people Where are you going with this? All right, quickly. Let's let's <laughs> let's shift gears uh, to our featured review of the week. The internet is buzzing. There's been this energy since the beginning of March about Intel's latest and greatest desktop parts. Uh, there were a lot of rumors about the scintillating performance numbers we'd be seeing. And even some early reviews, a non-tech reviewed it way back on the 5th of March by buying an early retail mm. part that was put up for sale too soon. So it's just it's just been a media circus and people just can't get enough of Rocket Lake. And we got some Rocket Lake parts in for your pleasure here. The 11900 and 11600K. It's the same pairing we got with the 10th gen. We got the 10900 and 10600K last time around. So I got to compare those against the old ones. And this is technically, this is new desktop architecture. It's up to... A 19% IPC improvement with their Cypress Cove Core, which is, it's taken from notebooks. They basically needed to get their single threaded performance up. And along with that, you have the laptop graphics, Gen 12, actually, not even Gen 11. That's XE, isn't it? Yeah. From what I've seen, it's about 33% faster. And I'm guessing this up to 50 comes in select benchmarks, but hey. Even 30% faster, I'll take it, over what they had. And you can't buy a graphics card, so maybe yeah. you could actually do some light gaming on this. Maybe. And there's a new chipset. It's Intel. It's the Z590 in our test board, the 500 series. And there's some new features. G Gen 4 is finally here officially. And what I was interested in, although there are barely any devices that I know of that take advantage of it, USB 3.2 Gen 2 i2 so it's the 20 gigabit uh usb and if you have a 2x2 two two device there was a third party 2x2 two two controller that was in some select c490 boards i know the msi had at least one but now it's just part of the chipset so you can get those super fast usb devices and then of course they've added some usb uh, some pci express lanes on the cpu so 20 pci 4 lanes from those core processors instead of 16 so with that out of the way, I mean, because you can run these processors on the 400 series boards. 
you're not necessarily going to get PCI Gen 4. It had to be certified for that, like, motherboard vendor side. We saw the Tai Chi from ASRock last year say that it was PCI Gen 4 ready, so. But here we go. Here's the regression. You go from 10 cores, 20 threads with the 10900K, 8 cores, 16 threads with the 11900K because, again, they backported 10 nanometer notebook tech to 14 nanometer desktop. This should be the last hurrah of 14 nanometer on desktop. Has slightly lower base clocks by 100 megahertz, but the same theoretical max boost of 5.3 gigahertz. Uh, that's the thermal velocity boost. Basin boosts um, are 3.5 gigahertz to 5.1 gigahertz otherwise. And this is the first Intel desktop CPU that officially supports DDR4-3200, so they're catching up with, with Ryzen there. And then, of course, uh, it's still 125-watt TDP, even though it's down to the I show the frequencies with the power limits on versus off in here, so you can yeah. kind of see exactly why... Quick comment on the uh, memory speed, though. There yeah. is some sort of a very Ryzen-like issue with the synchronicity between timings of their Gear 1, Gear 2 kind of modes that they operate in on whether or not they introduce any um, asynchronous wait states in order to access RAM or whether or not there's a clock frequency that it operates in, in synchronicity with, with RAM. And I think it's 2933, I think, is the one where you need to be exactly half that for the rate inside the CPU. I don't know, that bears uh, some testing, but I understand that it's somewhat similar to like the, uh, I think the F clock in, um, in Ryzen. With Intel, it's never been an issue before. So it's an interesting hitch, I guess. I just tested at 3200 because that's the officially supported standard. And I test mm-hmm. every CPU at whatever its highest official speed is. So that of course means that the Ryzen stuff was also tested at 32, which means the base clock was only 1600 instead of 1800 because I wasn't doing any overclocking. So any of the results that follow are worst case scenario, bone stock. You will do far better on Ryzen if you increase the F clock, of course. And uh, so even even so, you will see that Ryzen does quite well. Uh, pricing uh, actually seems to be higher. Uh, these are tray prices. The five thirty nine for the i nine. Yeah. How about Matt? Do do they have Matt prices? I haven't seen Matt prices. Yeah. Matt, because you know tray is only one really half of of that that duo. So. You you weren't even saying map. I thought you were doing manufacturer's advertised price. No, you meant Matt, Matt no. Stone. Matt Stone and Trey Parker. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. That one actually Sorry. didn't go over my head for once. But wow. when I saw this when I saw this on Newegg, over six hundred dollars for the i nine. So it's 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 significantly cheaper to buy the last gen right now. And then the i seven eleven seven hundred K is four hundred dollars tray price, and that's one thousand unit price. And then the i five, it's the same price as last time. The i five ten six hundred and the eleven six hundred are both two sixty two. Um you know, it kind of seems like the ten eight fifty k is is still really one of the better buys out there. Yeah, yeah. and that's not on this chart for some reason. So, yeah, uh, it didn't make it everyone else look bad. At at two sixty, the eleven six hundred k doesn't look like a as horrible a proposition as the others either. 
Uh, it performs pretty close with the other the six core Ryzen's from what I saw on various benchmarks. Uh, a little lower, but it's also you know ninety dollars less that you could spend on a GPU that you can't buy. So it's an underwhelming launch to say the least, and I don't think we should have expected more from basically a beefed up laptop processor. Mm. But it, the faster graphics are the only thing that's really captivating me. That and the platform, because I think it's it's nice to have the, the much faster. Intel typically does really well with I.O. anyway, and storage, and I've tested storage on this yet, but you finally have official Gen 4 storage support. You have the fast 2x2 USB built into the chipset, so those are appealing, but those aren't going to get an enthusiast to build Intel versus Ryzen. Lately, the biggest issue with Ryzen 5000 has been availability of anything beyond eight cores. I don't know if anybody else has seen more availability of the 5900X, but I'm only seeing... Not that it's, it's been bad. Now, so you can get a 5800X 5, for 449 now. Yeah, yeah, and that, right. that rocks. Just did that the other day, actually. Nice. Hmm. I'd like to see them go down about Good 50 CPU. bucks in price for both the uh, 5600 and the uh, 3800, but... We, well, we need uh, competition for that. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Well, well, well I mean, in theory, Intel's ten dollars cheaper. Yeah. In theory, if they hit those prices right now, the tenth gen stuff. We, I mean, yeah. Some of the prices we've seen on those, especially micro center prices, are really low. You can get yeah, getting the ten six hundred X for six. Yeah, for, for two hundred bucks. I'm going to talk about this in like yeah, five minutes. Let's, yeah, let's oh, talk cool. about this in five minutes. But let's just look Sorry, at some quick performance numbers. No problem. Blender, uh, more cores equals better performance in multi-threaded tests, and the 5900X and 3900X, the 12-core processors on test, both win handily with the 5800X coming in in third place. So AMD's 8-core performs almost identically to slightly faster than Intel's new 8-core. Let's get at past Blender here because I botched that anyway. And look at something else. You know, uh, let's see. Cinebench, everybody's favorite benchmark. What do you expect? AMD's on top because they have more cores and their single... Well, even their single thread is nice. Yeah, that. and look at that. Single threaded performance of the 5800X, 626. That's an mm -hmm. average of three runs. Mm -hmm. With the 10 or the 11900K running in its default no holds barred mode 647 and then for some reason several times where there were shorter duration tests like this you saw better performance with all the power limits and forced you, manually. you know why that's because why tell me why uh because it's not pushing as much power into there and so the core doesn't heat up as fast and then kind of throttle down a bit hmm so it's 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 that it's the whole same thing of of undervolting uh, certain chips. You'll get better performance in thermals if you undervolt it, and are still able to achieve these these clock speeds. And then uh, overall performance may even actually be better because you're not getting into that thermal headspace nearly as quickly. Make sense? Yes. Because I'm just talking out my butt, so... No, nah. you're right. Today, it's... No, they have a special name for it and everything. <laughs> that, is, that is so begrudging. Yeah, you're right. I, I Unfortunately, I have to accept that, yeah. 
The one area where Intel can claim a victory is in certain benchmarks that will showcase single-threaded performance they did finally, you know, get back on top. So here we have Geekbench. You know, take it for what you will, but the 11900K, 11900K with and without. Power limits being enforced right up at the top. Six, over 1600 for integer score and floating point was over 1870 to 1888. And then the 5900X is down in the mid 1400s for integer, but right up there with floating point. Floating point performance with the uh, Gen 3 stuff is very good. So better integer performance single threaded from Intel this generation. That's the main victory there. But that's, you know, it's not enough. And if I just move on to... The, this is weird to me. And I tested this repeatedly. Dota 2. You're doing a CPU review. You have to come up with a scenario where the CPU will be the, the factor that scales, not the GPU. So with the same... RTX 2080 Founders Edition card that I've used for CPU tests for the last couple of years. Put that back on the test bench. And in Dota 2, at 1080, lowest preset using DirectX 11. Same scene, same exact scenario. This is actually like a pre-baked thing. I have links to how to run this in the review. But the performance is pretty shocking because back in, in the day... It, would, it was all Intel on the top of this chart, all the way up to 10th gen, where they were leaving, like a, a 3900X was at 237 frames per second, and a 9900K was at 258, and a 10900K was at 300 plus. And we're, they surpassed that. Like the 11900K, 392. Huge gains there. But at the top of the chart, you have AMD... 5800X is at the very top, and a little behind it is the 5900X. And we're, we're approaching 500 frames per second with the 5800X. So high frame rate, low detail, competitive, like eSports gaming scenario like this. I, it, I could not understand how this was even possible, but I ran the test a bunch of times, and they were consistent results. So there's something's very wrong here. And I'm I am on early firmware. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much that, I'm but. pretty sure that entire Dota two game fits in the L three cache of the AMD processor. <laughs> it could be that could, it could be, be it. <laughs> Way more cache on the AMD side. You're right about that. But hey, I tried a different game. I just put the AMD versus Intel processors against each other in Metro Exodus, which is a DirectX twelve benchmark here. Mm -hmm. The way I ran it at seven twenty p, so twelve eighty by seven twenty lowest preset settings again. And here you kind of trade blows, where the 5800X was at 240 frames per second, 11900K was at 224, right behind that, 222 was the 5900X, and then it, uh, the, the Core i5 11th gen was at 214. But, I mean, again, 5800X. These are only two tests, but it's looking like that's the high frame rate CPU right now. And you can actually buy it. Yeah. Unlike the 5900X. So, power draw. That's what everybody wanted to talk about, especially after the Anon Tech review. I didn't do any AVX 512 stuff to create a worst case scenario. But, 
Uh, power consumption, all limits enforced, 274 watts. This is peak. This was not sustained. The highest it ever hit in benchmarking. I was running Blender, 274. That is actually about the same as the 10900K, which is 278. And then the 11900K without any power limits was 287 peak. It's total system draw. And I mean, it's, it's just look at the eight core 11th gen in relation to the 10 core 10th gen. And the fact that there's no power savings at all, even though you're two cores below it and essentially the same clock speeds. Kind of, I mean, whatever. This is desktop. If you're an enthusiast, I don't think you care about running maybe 75 watts more as long as you have a cooler for it. I used a 280 millimeter all-in-one and it was never, it was hitting 70, but it wasn't much higher in any of these can, tests. Can I, uh, can I, can I say one negative thing about your yes. review? Yeah. When are you going to do the storage? I'll get to it. This was the CPU performance benchmark thing. It wasn't. I know, but PCI 4.0 is, is part of that performance. Yeah, yeah. we've I'll got these it. nice, brand new, shiny PCI 4.0 SSDs. And look, I, I could probably benchmark. I'll bench. I'll benchmark the the Samsung that benchmark Pro all the things and show how it's like one to five percent faster than when I tested on the X570 platform, something like that. I, that's what I expect. We'll see. Plus or minus twenty seven percent. Sure. Yep. Here, here are the clocks. No, that's the by USB. Way. Here's here's what it looks like on a, a multi core load that lasts more than thirty seconds. Because for some reason, this is kind of telling. Tau on this was only twenty eight seconds. That's a notebook number. I thought desktop always defaulted to fifty six. I could be wrong, but this was dropping at 28 seconds and not 56. But anyway, it, it was starting off a little bit lower, 4.7 all-core, and then dropping to 4.2 gigahertz all-core under a long, like, sustained test. with all, And then without any power limits at all, it was just at 4.8 gigahertz all the time, no matter what. So if, if you have the power yeah. and thermal headroom... You're basically overclocking if you run without power limits. You get a lot better performance in a multi-threaded test like, you know, this Blender classroom render. But you pay the price in like 100 watts at the uh, at the plug. Yeah, it was like 75 to 100 watts more mm -hmm. to run without limits. So, and it was, the Core i5, I didn't bother doing the limits versus no limits thing because that was... It's a much lower power processor. It was under 200 watts, even without a power limit. Total system draw running CPU benchmark. So I can't see enthusiasts buying a Core i5 and then artificially limiting performance when they're well under the thermal limit. But hey, maybe somebody will test it that way too. What, uh, what part does the, uh, the board uh, vendor play in this? The board vendor? Yeah. You know, the like, Borg uh, vendor. The people who sell the Borg. I don't know of any board bald. vendor does, that does not ship unlocked. That does not ship without... Like the, the interesting thing about this was booting up the Maximus 13 Hero board for the first time, or anytime you do a CPU change, it 
tells you on the screen that when you press F1 to continue, you're going through with an automatic all-core enhancement, which is turning limits off. And it will decide if there's thermal headroom to enable this or disable this automatically. You can also force it to be enabled all the time or force it to be disabled. That's where the, the enforce all limits mode. And those three options are right up on the front page now, right above or right below setting like your overclocking profile, like XMP for your memory, right below that. Are you running with or without power limits? So it's, it's nice that it's that clear what you're about to be doing, but the default is still to disable all power limits. And it's like that on every board that I've seen at least the last couple of generations. So it, the, the difference in power draw between these and the AMD processors is, of course, staggering. And especially the 5800X, that does not draw a lot of power. And it's as fast as this 11th gen Core i9 in most tests, if not faster. So. And has so many more cores. Man. Well, no. Well, no, it's the same number of cores. It's just... Oh, sorry. Yeah, the 5800X, it's just, it's remarkable. Eight-core AMD versus Intel, and it's like the old... It's like it's been flipped. The story has been flipped, where AMD was making up with core count, and there was the core wars, and then Intel couldn't compete when AMD had a 12-core part. The best Intel could come up with was putting together a 10-core part last generation. That's what I thought you were talking about. 12 and 16 core parts. No, but I mean, yeah, and we didn't even talk about 16. I don't have a 5950X here. And of course, that would make everybody else even more sad. So, 16 cores and still great single thread performance, but it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, been not very well received. I I always look at the Gamers Nexus uh, thumbnail to see, like, uh, what's the, uh, What's the feeling about this product? And like, oh, okay, all right, they're trashing it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I have oh, a yeah, feeling you know, I, that I, in I, the next probably three years, Rocket Lake is going to be looked back on the way Bulldozer and Pile Driver mm-hmm. are looked back on right now. Yeah, it's it'll be similar. I I think that. The bold, the problem with bulldozer was the, the sort of pseudo. Core count issue. The CMT, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah floating know, point you got a few bucks good. for that if you were part of that class action thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, I've 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 got to give some credit to where credit is due to Intel because backporting a design from ten nanometer to fourteen nanometer is no small affair because. If you look at how AMD does stuff, they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of software tools. They've invested heavily in that kind of stuff, and uh, there's a lot of automated uh, place and route and or trace and route, whatever you want to call it. Um, but Intel is, is the opposite. They do mostly hand placement of, of transistors in in that. I mean, now it's not as true now as it used to be, just because we're dealing with CPUs of billions and billions of transistors. But when you've got, you know, eight cores in there, you can essentially copy and paste in ways. I mean, it's not as easy as that, obviously. But um, if you lay out, you know, the majority of, of one core, then you can do that on the others a lot more simply. But, you know, AMD overall is is a lot more automated. And, 
I don't know if you remember back in the day, you know, early, early 2000s, uh, Epic came out with their Unreal Engine and they had these amazing graphical editing tools that anybody could use. And they, you know, people could make their own maps and their own games and whatnot. And, and the mod scene really took off. But uh, I did software was kind of the opposite in that they didn't have those really fancy kind of tools, you know, the, you know, drop something here, drop something there, you know, uh, apply a texture here, do some scripting. Um, all of their tools were really kind of esoteric. And that was the way John Carmack really kind of liked it. I mean, that was the way that his mind worked. And so they all kind of worked around that. And I mean, you know, it came out with, with comparable stuff, but the ease of use on, on Epic kind of and unreal made that, you know, a better option. Now, Intel is kind of the same way when it comes to foundry technology. Their design tools are not as automated, and they're a little bit more esoteric, and they're more closely knit with the process technology. And so taking something that's designed for 10 nanometer and backporting it to 14 is not just, you know, kind of reflow and resynthesize. It's, it's a tremendous amount of work, and they're able to do it in a relatively decent time uh, and I have no idea how many engineers worked on this but it had to have been a tremendous amount because you know they they talked in their in their foundry thing that they're 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 moving towards better tools so that third parties can more adequately utilize these these uh, the foundry technology that Intel has and uh, so when you're looking through that uh, that uh, that glass, I mean, it, it kind of changes things around because it was it was a tremendous amount of work. And even though it is not exactly pretty and came out perfect, it still runs well. It's competitive. It, it runs hot. It runs, it, it eats a lot of power, but it works and they boost up there. And yeah, it's it's competitive. And they, you know, these were these were, you know, organic you know, free range CPUs that they were able to, you know, provide us in, in reasonable amounts. So I don't know. What do you think? Am I, am I, am I giving them too many props? A well, long ago. I mean, they started yeah. this a year ago, two, two years ago. They knew where this was going to land with some idea. I, I don't think they're too surprised to find out that they're a little bit under their previous generation and, and they're not as far ahead as they really wanted to be. They're not really that far behind the previous gen. If you look at the overall performance numbers out there, not really. The loss of two cores. You say that so nicely. Barely an issue. I was surprised at how close they were in some of the multi-threaded tests, just because single-threaded purpose is higher. But overall, I mean, it's it's almost like okay. Do you want ten cores for about the same power draw? where you'll get a little bit of an edge in multi-threaded in certain circumstances, or you want eight cores with the same power draw that comes close because of higher single-threaded perf. It really depends on, at that point, I think pricing and availability. And if you really, really have a use case where higher single-thread is going to give you a big advantage, I think the biggest advantage to this, and we're not going to get, we've already been on this for almost half an hour, but... The platform is the bigger story here because this is when you can be on an Intel platform and have the modern conveniences like Gen 4 and faster yeah. I.O. So yeah. that becomes a bigger deal to I mean, me than anything else because I would prefer, I think, to stick to 10th Gen if I'm building a system because 
They're a lot cheaper right now. They're a hundred or two hundred dollars well, less. What's the real difference between you know buying a five ninety board versus a four ninety board, or and putting in an eleventh gen or a tenth gen chip, and on either one of those? I mean, what are you really losing or, or gaining? Now, Z five ninety is not backwards compatible, right? You can put a Rocket Lake uh, on a Z four ninety board with the BIOS update, but I don't know that that's Z five ninety is question. backwards compatible. At I all. actually Didn't sort of assumed that it was. I think you can put a 10 series chip on a 590 board. Okay. I can't remember where I saw that, but in one of the reviews I was reading yesterday, I'm almost positive someone said that. Yeah, I, for some reason I thought that they had said that in some briefing, but I could be completely wrong. Well, that was the PCIe 4.0 ready part. Yeah, yeah. I know that the board then vendors it sort of fell said- apart. Well, the board vendors kind of implied, and you, you talked about one earlier, but many of them are, in fact, coming out with BIOS updates that seemingly are enabling PCIe Gen 4 on their Z490 platforms when hosting a uh, an 11th gen uh, CPU. Yeah. I, I think that they're only, um, I think some of them may be only enabling the, uh, the first M.2 slot and or... Um, lanes to the first PCIe slot. Does that sound right? I think that that may be something that they're doing. Unknown. I have to look into it. I'm just curious right now as to what the I'll, I'll spread that. CPU I'll start that rumor. It is. <laughs> but I didn't get around to the motherboard reviews today, so. There weren't very many, which is one of the reasons why I put on the list what uh, to find out what Sebastian thought of uh, the Asus ROG uh, 13 hero at all whether he had any initial thoughts on that yeah it supports 10th gen so i was wrong there uh no no real impressions it's just like the maximus 12 but it's a z590 i haven't done any storage or uh, io or anything like that on it yet my sense is that the z490 and z590 boards seem very very similar in in a lot of ways and are aesthetically a little bit different uh but but the vendors that prepared for PCIe 4.0 on their Z490 uh, boards are not having to make a lot of changes. <laughs> Honestly, it doesn't seem no. like it. Yeah, you can check out the the usual huge motherboard roundup. Oh, there's the a differences chart. Oh, you just there went is. by a differences chart. Yeah, you had one there. Oh, uh, for boards that supported Thunderbolt, they went from Titan Ridge to Maple Ridge. That was actually a difference. Yes. You were just on that when you cut away. So boards... Z490 boards that supported Thunderbolt 3 using the Titan Ridge chipset. On Z590 boards that support um, Thunderbolt, they're moving to Thunderbolt 4 with Maple Ridge uh, as their chipset. So, I mean, that's that's good from who, an I.O. perspective, uh, external. No I. offense, but who cares? I mean, this is... Uh, well, you're, you know, you're Thunderbolt. You can look into it, yeah, for the 18 Thunderbolt devices that'll support it in the world. There's there's 14. Okay. It, this, it, if you're getting into the minutia of what are the differences between the two chipsets exactly, yeah, truly. this is not an exciting yeah. launch at all. It's not. No, this no, that's not a win, point, really. In any yeah. way on performance, except for, you know, certain single threaded workloads. But, but we've been on this for a while. Let's, let's move on. If you on. can save a few dollars, maybe buy a Z490 if you really, really want this. I would go Z490 and 10th gen myself because it's, it's just of, so much cheaper right now. Speaking of 10th gen. So I went to Micro Center today, like I threatened to do. And while I was there, I happened to 
scope out kind of what was in stock and on sale and kind of what they had. And they had literally, I want to, I'm not, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. They had 40 GPUs. They were GT 710s and GT 730s. Okay. They had about 40 of those split kind of evenly. And what they did is they spread them out across the case to kind of like fill it out a little bit to make it look like they had stock. But on the end cap, there were three legit GPUs, two RTX 2060s, and one GTX 1660 for sale. On the way out, I'll skip around here a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) But on the way out, I happened to see in already purchased, the way that you buy things at Micro Center is is some of the high dollar items you ask for and you know you you see them you don't actually take them they say okay we'll have this for you at the front and they put them in a locked cage at the front and when you come up to the front you can kind of present your ticket and they go get it out of the locked cage and they give it to you at the register that's for high ticket items high dollar items um, small items like uh, cpus or high ticket items like gpus while i was walking out i happened to see that inside the cage where people had purchased that day were um, probably five or six 6800 XTs, AMDs, and several uh, 3080s, uh, probably about five or six of those as well. So stock is actually flowing to the Micro Center, which is maybe you should kind of live near one. That would be good. But while I was there, uh, I, I went and got one of those hot, hot new uh, Intel CPUs that everybody's talking about. I know. I couldn't resist. I bought the best that I could, and I, I bought a, uh, a 10850K. Yeah, it's the, it's the new hotness. You guys probably maybe haven't heard of this yet. Just came out, um, but yeah, I think it's the best value going. So I went and got one, and okay. you should too. It was three hundred nineteen bucks for that 10, was. Uh, that's a deal. <laughs> and hey, you're getting ten cores and slightly and lower threads, clocks. Eh. it's a good deal. Some clocks. Hey, are we ready to talk? Or, no, Josh, are you ready to talk about ARM? I bet he is. Apparently not, because no, he's, he's muted. Not. He's muted. He's oh man, he's cut himself he was, off. passing gas and didn't oh my want gosh, here and how much and... snark did we miss? Like as a percentage of the whole, like two percent, three percent? Yeah, somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, on, on, on Monday, I attended a virtual conference, which, of course, makes me cry because um, this was the, the England trip year for ARM. But, you know, COVID ruined the Austin trip last year, and now it's, it's ruined the, the England trip, and it was supposed to be in Cambridge. And, you know, it, it makes, makes one cry because who doesn't want to go and visit England in the spring and drink beer? Cambridge is beautiful. I've been there. Yeah. So, um, anyway, we weren't sure what uh, was going to be presented. We thought it would be kind of another refresh of uh, what is their latest stuff? The A78? I can't remember. There's too many numbers in there. Um, and, you know, new Mali, uh, new NPUs. And we thought that, you know, they'd just kind of, you know, enhance the stuff that they had and they go there. But no, they they shocked everybody. They announced. The ARM V9 architecture. Now, previously it was the ARM V8, which uh, its big claim to fame was it was the first ARM 64-bit uh, architecture. ARM V9 uh, extends 
past that. So it's it's full ARM V8 compatibility. Um, this is really aimed at high performance and not necessarily high power. So they're they're really aiming at a lot more machine learning. Uh, they're 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 pushing. Let me take a look at my slide here. Uh, improved security. I mean that is is one of the biggest things that they are working on. It's uh, I think their compute core security. I can't remember exactly. I mean I should really take notes about these things and be prepared. But it is a much more extensible and secure solution than we have seen before. And when we're talking from edge to servers, the amount of jumps in there and the products that we have and all the possible things that could go wrong, this is a a great idea. And they're working on, you know, better virtualization support, better security within virtualization. You'll have, you know, containers in there and, and running programs that are all, you know, blocked off from each other. And it's all done in hardware, so it's extremely quick. And uh, they're hoping, you know, mostly transparent to users. And with IoT and 5G and all these other words and things out there, security is, is I mean, you have to have that from the very beginning. I mean, we, we've had, you know, Rowhammer, we've had Spectre, we've had all these other things that have, you know, been a problem for the vast majority of CPUs out there. And uh, ARM is is trying to nip this a little bit more in the bud by having a more secure solution from, you know, basically design start. So ARM V8 was released in 2011 in October, I believe. And now we're, you know, we're almost 10 years to that part point. And, and we've now got a new architecture. It's still 64-bit, but it's 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 really predicated on how do we do machine learning and these type of workloads better? How can we more better integrate accelerators and DSPs? And then of course, from the very beginning, how do we integrate better security than what we've had uh, throughout our entire lineup and, and what our competitors have to, you know, enable, you know, sticking cell phones and point of sales and, you know, wireless transactions and everything that, we take for granted, which is not always as secure as it probably should be. Um, so these are these are the the main points that ARM is is really pushing with uh, the new ARM V9, and they didn't go into a lot of details about you know what what products um, would be coming out. Um, all they said is that the first ARM V9 stuff will be some basic products at the end of this year. And so I can't remember which uh, which group was was talking about that. It might have been Huawei. Send me. I can't remember. Probably Again, both. taking notes would be would be good. <sighs> but anyhow, it was the middle of my workday. I, I I couldn't get any time off. I was trying to do help desk stuff at the same time as paying attention to this, and just nothing works for me right now. It just you know feel sorry for me. Here's my Patreon. You need more machine learning. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the compute yeah. of tomorrow transcends performance, Josh. Sure. It so does. Slide says. But yeah. But anyway, I mean, um, RV9, it's, it's, it's a significant jump. Maybe, 
not as significant as going to 64 bit and on arm, but uh, the stuff that they're doing, I mean, they're, they're really aiming for the promise of, of, you know, heterogeneous compute that we were offered 12 years ago with, with AMD when they started talking about the future is fusion. Um, and this really is, I mean, it's, it's NPUs, it's GPUs, it's CPUs, it's, it's instruction sets that are more finely tuned for machine learning. So, I mean, if you've seen in the past five years, uh, what even just their CPUs were able to do with different types of, uh, instructions and, and, um, what do you call them? Just not instruction code, but, but like, you know, you know, FP eight and int eight and stuff like that, that they have integrated in. I mean, cause you know, machine learning doesn't require the precision. It just needs a lot of throughput. And so you could have, you know, lower precision type stuff and do it faster. But previously you either had, you know, all or nothing. I mean, you had a pipeline that could handle these, you know, FP eight stuff, but, in theory, it could do, you know, it, it, at fully functional, it could do FP32, but you couldn't do 8 FP8. I'm probably not even doing this right. But anyway, you couldn't do that uh, for FP8 um, instructions or, or workloads going through there at the same time. You were just limited to one, but they've they've improved the granularity of, of all that. So, you know, you have uh, much better support for all of these, these data um, functions that... Um, you know, machine learning requires. And when you're talking about, you know, visual type learning stuff, uh, you know, photography and identification, um, you know, voice commands, uh, other, you know, software that's coming out that, that will be more sound oriented in identifying things and whatnot. It's going to, you know, utilize the CPU, the GPU, and these NPUs that they're trying to, to get out and, and get better support for. And that's coming. And we haven't even talked about NVIDIA coming in. And, and while it's not a done deal, they're really hoping to get the ARM hardware with the NVIDIA software stack, which after working in the machine learning industry, as I have in my, my primary job, NVIDIA is, is really the gold standard when it comes to machine learning. I mean, their their hardware and their software dominate. Other people have, have tried to get in there, but it's just, you know, it's it's CUDA. You run stuff with R and CUDA and Python, Anaconda, but it all comes back to, it all runs on NVIDIA hardware and, and their software stack. And uh, we're going to see, you know, if, if things go the way NVIDIA wants and, and seemingly ARM does too, uh, they're going to have a huge jump in the mobile market from everybody else just because they instantly have this really complete, robust, mature software stack of, of CUDA software and applications and a couple of generations of programmers who are now familiar with this stuff all going on to the ARM system. It's... Uh, you know, it's exciting for them, might be exciting for you. I don't know. It depends if you like NVIDIA or not. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the it, it just is. I mean, NVIDIA has really the best software stack out there when it comes to machine learning. And they 
are able to leverage, you know, all these other third party guys, uh, but it all runs on, on kind of this, this CUDA base and it's what's known and you program what you know. Any questions Josh, from an, after well, my from an arm terrain? The top supercomputer just a little while ago was an arm V eight based, um, uh, machine, wasn't it? And it's what the Gaku. Yeah. Wasn't it, wasn't it UK or was it in Japan? It's in Japan. Uh, now, NVIDIA yeah. is uh, doing a supercomputer with ARM in Cambridge, and I can't remember yeah. what that one's called. That's but uh, it's not going to be the fastest, but it's it's going to be pretty hefty. Um, but yeah, the, the I think it's the Fugaku. Is one of the, the reasons why Japan. the architecture scales, or not scales, but really works so well is because their instructions are all the same size, which is not at all like x86. It's one of the reasons why the <laughs> Sebastian, I love this. It's one of the reasons why the Macs are so quick, so really fast mm-hmm. with this particular architecture, is because they don't have a really complex instruction decoder. Whereas, unfortunately, x86 has a lot of, let's just say, legacy problems with uh, different length and and size of instructions and on what's a data element and what's an instruction to work on the data in arm they sort of saw that as a problem and everything is the same size so their decoder step is far far more architecturally efficient than x86's honestly will ever be in, until well, x86 you're, you're, you're going into some serious philosophy there we can, <laughs> we can talk about it something to talk about because yeah, the, the x86 true. overhead is not nearly what it used to be, and we're at the process yes. technology and They've design that it's not it's not as big as 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 it used to be. I mean, 15 years ago, if you wanted low power, you're going to get an arm with risk because there are just some good things with with you know just just how it handles instructions and decode and and, and these mm-hmm. parts that that typically consume a lot of power in the past, but not anymore, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, risk is still, I mean, it's, it's, they've done some great things. If you go way back into like 1985 and look at the ARM one versus uh, the 8088 or 8086 overall system and performance was far better just because it was better architected, but IBM had the IBM PC and it was, um, you know, it was an Intel processor and it dominated most of the world, even though ARM Acorn Right, Acorn, back yeah. in the eighties, uh, they were they they developed the ARM one chip, and they started on the, you know, let's go risk and let's let's get our memory in order and and uh, the tube in between the chips and and uh, you know it's just uh, architecturally speaking, it was it was an advanced product as compared to the IBM PC, but and at least yeah, the no, BBC when, loved that, them. They, they started from a yeah, it's different the BBC place and micro. Yeah. yeah. And uh, with the standing on the shoulders of what had come before them, which is was Motorola and Intel at the time. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's sure. that's 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 like a couple hour discussion. And, Heck but, yeah. Um, good stuff. But yeah, Boring, it's. But um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was the original well, we can leave philosophy acronym later? Was it what? Acorn Risk something or other? Is that machine. what? Machine. Acorn Risk yeah. Machine. Okay. Hmm. Any other comments on this before we move on? It's neat stuff. Uh, I, yeah, I'm excited to see what they're able to do. Uh, it's going to be a while before we we see 
a lot of productization on this, but the hardware is is coming out. Uh, we'll get more details on that probably in October, um, and we'll see what uh, what new things that they uh, but they will bring. But it's a much more tightly integrated uh, uh, ecosystem uh, when it comes to having not just CPUs and GPUs, but CPUs, GPUs, NPUs, DSPs and other accelerators that that their partners are developing for for certain workloads so it's going to be uh, fun and interesting to see you know where you won't see it where computex 2021 at least not in oh, person why? not that why? it would be there anyway is m uh what's the other one what's the big mobile show in barcelona every year Mobile oh, World right. Conference. NWC, that's right. Are they still having that? Was that canceled? Has that already happened? Last I, I heard they were bothering about trying March. to do it. They were still trying to do it. That seems insane. Yeah. The organizers but behind it's Copytech pretty much come and gone. came to their senses. So they've canceled the physical show. Virtual event still taking place. So, hey, exciting. Sign up for all those virtual sessions. They can't really hold the show when none of the vendors will come. And the borders mm. are shut down for, yeah, you know, we're gonna have an Olympics where there'll be no outside attendance other than the competitors. Why would we have Computex? And other things They're are being not canceled, the only ones, of course, right? Yeah. Yep. So like PAX, PAX. East is canceled. E three, of course, yeah. E three is. Will that ever come back? Will that just become a virtual event? Hard to say. Like, Probably will come it's back. It's like they can get most of it done while not even being there. It's all... Yeah. Most of that is true of all of them. <laughs> it just depends. How much money no. do you want to spend for... hype? And I think for a lot well, of these companies, it's a big focus, but it's an older show. It's not as necessary as it once as was. As opposed to Computex, right? Yeah, Computex is a big deal. Far bigger deal in our industry than well, CES yeah. is, but you don't you don't really need any of that. I think we were conditioning ourselves over this last year and a half or so to just do everything virtually anyway. It mm-hmm. is very different mm-hmm. to have a product session with a, a representative where they're just holding up hardware in front of a webcam. It's nice to That's be able to go hands on with stuff. It just it is a little odd. You know, I, I think that the first big show that that comes back. After you know everything else has died down, I think that attendance is going to be huge because companies have not spent money on travel. People have not spent money on travel. People have been stuck in their homes, and so I think, cat, stop scratching me. Oh, kitty, <laughs> cat scratch fever. Yeah, I think that uh, when you know something like this actually opens up, uh, they're going to be in, in, inundated with requests to go there, and hotels, and you know because people miss seeing other people. People miss experiencing Taiwan or Las Vegas or Cambridge, and so once this opens up, uh, it's just going to be. I mean, they're they're. I I think that they will underestimate how many people will want to show up just because budgets have been in place that you were to travel and they haven't. 
and people are sick and tired of looking at their same four walls at home. Well, we'll find out in Barcelona. Maybe I'm wrong. They did move Mobile World Congress till the end of June. Oh, okay. And it so will still... be in person. Okay. Fantastic. And, uh, at least until it is. Until it's canceled. One of the ones yeah. I added to the list was uh, GamesCon, which is doing a hybrid event. So they're doing a limited attendance. So but they're Brett, limiting the number of the people. The most important one attend. is WWDC. And of course, that's all virtual. Craig Federici that's fine. I with a virtual set behind him. You know, it's going to be great. Can't wait. It's a one and a half story tall video screen with because you know it's going to be all about m1x and the new imax right yeah sure i i might buy one of course you will all right uh let's see let's before we take a break here let's mention jeremy posted another version of ada 64 6.3 yeah because i mean it's there was kind of a launch so you gotta be able to see what's going on on that z590 board (laughs) <laughs> which is, of course, one of the, the major big ones is the B560 and the Z590. There is, however, uh, as the little screenshot that you're showing shows, a variety of new GPU tests, uh, which sort of focus on hmm. more of the, the productivity machine learning type of it, of uh, tests, seeing as how, you know, that's what a lot of people are using it for right now. They've also caught up with uh, the brand new Epics. So Milan will be well, very nicely supported uh, as you pick this up. This is, an, a, this is a major update, but not a new version. So if you've already got it, just do the Who's update. Who's the dude behind that? Tomas? Yeah. He always, he always drops a nice little note for me. Hey, Josh. Oh, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Release a new one. There you go. How come you never call me anymore? Like, I still chat with him. At least I try to. And then for your water coolers, the other fun thing is that not only did they decide to add a whole bunch of support for a variety of Corsair's all-in-one water coolers, but they've also included an Aqua Computer's High Flow Next. So if you build your own cooling loops, you should also be able to get some stuff. So it's a great little platform, uh, not just for giving you just about everything you'd ever want to know about what's going on in your system at a time, but some decent benchmarks as far as stability and performance goes. So if you got it, hit the update button. If you don't, there's a month-long trial, and it, it's worth it. And the, the the personal editions aren't exactly that expensive. So, you know, it, it might, if you're interested and serious in doing it, the 40 bucks for 864 Extreme isn't a horrible idea. Let's pause here for a word from this week's podcast sponsor. If you're like me, and I know I am, you crave a good night's sleep. Well, I suggest that it's time you take some action to make that happen. For us around here, we were thinking about getting a new mattress when BAM! The next day and out of the blue, Helix Sleep made us an offer to try out one of their custom-tuned mattresses. Getting a mattress tuned up for us was easy. See, Helix Sleep has a quiz on their website that takes just a couple minutes to go through that matches up your body type and sleep preferences to one of their models, which is totally in tune with you. See it for yourself over at helixsleep.com slash pcper. They have several mattress models to choose from, soft, medium, firm, and even ones that are great for cooling those hot sleepers. And you know who you are. And models for plus-size folks, too. So after taking the Helix Sleep quiz, we were matched up with the Lux model due to our firmness requirements and sleep positions. The funny thing was really, I wouldn't have picked that one out for ourselves, and I was a bit doubtful. But after trying it out, seriously, the Helix Sleep quiz actually nailed it for us. 
It's been a really excellent experience. We sleep better and more comfortably than ever. It's been a massive upgrade, and we're definitely happy with our tuned Helix Sleep mattress. So take the two-minute Helix Sleep quiz for yourself, find the version of a tuned mattress, get it shipped out to you for free, and then try it out for 100 nights risk-free. Go to helixsleep.com slash pcper, because right now, Helix Sleep is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our podcast listeners. For a better night's sleep, head over to helixsleep.com slash pcper. Get on the path towards a good night's sleep. And we're back for an exciting revelation. This was amusing news from last week. Yeah, but was it true? What, the GA-102-250 thing? The cross-out. It's well, a little I, bit further I, that down. That looks a little weird. It's a little hey, sus. <laughs> if, if you haven't read about it, allegedly there was going to be an RTX 3080 Ti. And yeah. they canned it, according to rumors. And it's basically the same as a 3090. Some things were shut off, perhaps. But you can just re-enable it, and you have a full-fledged 3090, or at least allegedly so. Video card's source says, quote, all GA102-250 GPUs are being remarked GA102-300 by NVIDIA to be used in RTX 3090, end quote. And according to a user... From Hardware Lux, you can see this picture with a GA102-250 crossed out and GA102-300A1. Now, this could have been done after the fact. You fired up the silkscreen machine just to do that, did you? (laughs) Could have been Photoshop, I guess. Dude, that's Uh, that's laser laser etching. Get get a better. It already has thermal paste on it. Bad thermal paste, too. I mean, that's not where you'd want it. So, I don't know. It it makes sense to me that they'd repurpose it if they can sell a SKU that has better margin. That's in demand, obviously. Yes. They don't have to create a new SKU, exactly. SM packaging and... The SM count between these two, if you look... This is, of course, an, unre- an unannounced product. I like They're how they claiming they around this with eighty to be leaked. SMs. To be leaked. Yeah, the I picture says to be leaked. Yeah, <laughs> CUDA cores count. I mean, this—it's such a similar product that the only real difference becomes the half the memory. It's only twelve versus twenty-four gigabytes of GDDR6. Slightly lower clocked too, but that's all rumor. I mean, we don't know. It says May twenty twenty-one. So, hey, maybe we'll hear something in a month or two about this new 3080 Ti that's close to the performance of a 3090, but with half the memory. Maybe we won't, but... You know what? Anyway. In six weeks, we'll know for sure. Or will we? Will we know anything mm-hmm. for sure? Will. You'll, you'll know first. Yeah, but I won't... We'll know it's not in it. stock, regardless. Ah. You can't Launched buy one, or not, but... You won't be able to buy one. Right, you know, at least at least Nvidia kind of figured out that you know we're going to release a bunch of SKUs all before the new year, and then they started releasing SKUs, and they're like, "We really don't need more SKUs. We, oh. we probably just need to ship what what we have out and make some money and keep our partners happy instead of." fracturing this even more and making things even less accessible. So I, yeah, I, 
No more SKUs until you can get into our hot little hands. Yeah, no more SKUs. Just sell one GPU and make it yeah. $100. And make <laughs> okay. a billion of them. Exactly. Right. Speaking of NVIDIA, this will be of interest to some. NVIDIA officially well, enables been... GPU pass-through for added functionality on VMs. Please for explain to me don't what this know is. what this is, where you can host a system that might be running Linux as an operating system, but it could be running something like um, Proxmox or Unraid, which is a typical DSXI. kind of server environment. Yes, exactly. ESXi. Yep, I have another very good example of typical, maybe even home or or small office uh, environments that host a disk service and and multi uh, service environment for hosting VMs. A lot of times, those will be on a system that has a inbuilt uh, iGPU, so there's already potentially local video. But you may also want to host a, a Windows environment on that machine. It was extremely difficult, and NVIDIA actually worked against this on purpose of passing through that video card to a hosted virtual environment that might be running Windows where the, that poor home user could probably have a server and a games environment if they could just get their Windows virtual server on that sort of Linux system to pass through the GPU to the virtual environment. NVIDIA kind of reserved that functionality to for their higher-end um, server-based, what they would consider their server-class GPUs at the time, and for their ex very expensive clients, and fought against it. They're finally allowing GPU pass-through for their, their consumer-level cards, which is very nice of them. So kudos. AMD's essentially allowed this forever. It's about time that NVIDIA did as well. So yeah, I mean it wasn't totally banned or anything before, but it was a lot you more. You can work, work around it to get it Indeed. done. Yeah. Indeed, yeah, you are correct. But they they fought they they worked against it. They didn't make it easy yeah. at all. That's it. Good on them. They've they've done a consumer friendly move. Yeah. Just want to recognize that. Huzzah. I hope it passes through physics too. <laughs> Did you say <laughs> physics or physics? I just was wanted to check that. That's what I thought you said. <laughs> Systems like Unraid make this super easy. They give essentially give you a screen where you can just check the box and say, "Yeah, Linux, ignore this," and or Unraid, which is based upon a version of Linux called Slackware. I think it was Slackware. Uh, pass this through to whatever VM that I want to fire up next. You know, that could be you know some version of Windows or even Mac OS. All right. Speaking of going way back, we'll go back to the fashion trends of the 1970s with Jeremy oh, yes. this week. Disco. Elysium Final Cut. What is this? Well, I mean, it's it's the final cut of Disco Elysium. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, if you haven't run into this game, it is freaking bizarre. Uh, it is, for the most part, interaction-based. You're, you're not running around shooting people. Good Lord, it's actually probably good. You don't have a gun. Although the way that you got rid of your gun is probably not the best way you could have done it. You are a horrible, horrible person, and it is a very incredibly odd and well-drawn game with just the most ridiculous choices. And anyone who's bitched and screamed about, I want a game where the choices that I make completely and totally change the game. Well, this is one that, you know, you make some choices and it will happily kill you. 
Uh, <laughs> you start as you start responding to people, the game changes. You will not get the same playthrough again, and it's bizarre. So the, the final cut, it's been out for just over a year now, I think. And they've added, they said, somewhere around another million lines of spoken dialogue, a variety of new quests, fancy new equipment uh, and outfits to put on. Although in this case, the chances are the hat does some good things and some bad things. It's not just a pretty hat. In fact, there's not much much she put on that is pretty. It's a little bit of a sale right now. If you already own the game, of course, you're immediately upgraded to the brand new one. If just give it a shot. It, it's bizarre. It is truly, truly strange. And if, if you can get your head around listening to people talk and reading through uh, dialogue chains, you, you will really enjoy it. How long does this take to play through? I don't know. It's a playthrough take. Or is there ever an ending? I, I don't know. I, I started playing it and I got I distracted know. with a bunch of other things. I, I had just end. finally gotten a plastic bag so I could start picking up empties to try and afford to be able to get into my oh, hotel room again. Plastic bag in your head. That probably will help. It was not an option, although mm. give him some time and that probably is actually one of the things he likes to do. Okay. We just don't know yet. Is anybody excited about Sonos moving up to 24? 48. <laughs> no, and that's the point. You I shouldn't know, be nobody excited. Nobody cares, and streaming services are not 24-bit 48 kilohertz. 48 I kilohertz think- is that standard sampling rate for video. What you're watching right now is probably 48 kilohertz 16-bit on YouTube. If you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, but- I, I do 16-48 for that as well. But yeah. Cobuzz, or Cubuzz, or however the hell yeah, you I don't want know to pronounce, pronounce it. Either are claiming that they are actually streaming 24-bit, 48-kilohertz flak tracks. Well, I mean, it's not like we don't have the bandwidth for it. Audio, significantly less bandwidth than video, even uncompressed, 24-48 tracks on a Blu-ray, like Dolby True HD or something, is not that big. It's over a megabit. You're not going to hear the damn thing. Yeah, but but, yes, exactly. 4.8 gigs as well, SACD. Disc? No, as, as I said, oh, it's different because it's, it's one bit and it's in yep. the gigahertz. Super audio. It's five point yeah. something gigahertz sampling on one bit instead of like sixteen twenty four. But no, yeah. I put this up because it is just one of those absolutely hilarious audiophile things where if you look at actually the math behind it, now your ears perceive sound. I'm sorry, but yeah, no, you aren't going to notice a damn thing and. If you do, well, there's a, a special blend of crystal formula that's been fine-tuned by ear to 0.01 grams, which you can use to, you know, put underneath your audio equipment. It's a rock that uh, separates it completely okay. and isolates it from any input sound. How about sound. that Denim uh, Cat 5e cable? Oh, I've got one better, Josh. I for dug around and 300 bucks for a meter? Yeah. Five hundred, or sorry, fifty thousand dollars for two meters for Emperor Double Crown speaker cable. Two meters, fifty grand. It's a deal, right? I thought yeah. I was living large when I was buying monster cable. Yeah, well, it's gotten bigger. 
There were a couple yeah, of commenters. Of that, I really on. I, God. I I really miss Radio Shack because they actually had oh, pretty man. decent high gauge speaker cable. They're surely they inexpensive. They did. Best Radio Buy Shack. actually still has decent speaker cables in stock. But anyway, sorry I interrupted you, Brett. Go on with what you were saying. There were two commenters to this Sonus article that pointed out the exact same issue with the, you're not going to hear it, and they referenced a study that had been done at one point and the mathematics just didn't work out versus the human ear, especially as stupidly we decide to get older and our, our ability to hear highs and lows are just dramatically diminished. 15 kilohertz would be still good. 10 kilohertz. There's a huge misunderstanding about this because (laughs) sample (laughs) rates, when you're re when you're quantizing a digital, when you're quantizing an analog signal to digital, you're creating ones and zeros out of an analog waveform. The sample rate is not the frequency. The sample rate is the frequency with which you sample the analog signal. And yes, a higher sample rate enables you to have a bigger spectrum of frequencies. But the importance is having a more accurate representation of an analog waveform, not having higher frequencies. And there's been a lot of FUD spread out there by companies who want to sell you on the fact that, for instance, if a pair of headphones can hit 30 kilohertz, then it gets into the HD audio range. And that's nonsense. Because I I personally cannot hear above about 16 kilohertz. I used to be able to hear 18 yeah, but I there's, been there's, able to there's those strange in interactions at well, uh, above the, the uh, when you, I mean, that you can't those hear. Those are harmonics. Those are harmonics. You, and you it's true. can't hear, but there are there are physical interactions between waves that. But, right, uh, but yeah, but I am, no, I, I am, it's it's. I'm with you, but I'm way more concerned about the bit depth than the sample rate. Forty-four-one is a great sample rate. I like, you know, 48 is better. Technically, 96 is better. Anytime you can sample the, the audio yeah. more times, it's going to be a more accurate representation of that original waveform. But true. The, that is the true. word length of only 16-bit, it's quite limiting as far as the total, um, the different variations of amplitude that you can have. 24-bit takes it and minimal way, values. way beyond it. It's yeah. Isn't that levels man- of magnitude mantissa? beyond it. Hmm? We're talking, man... Mantis, I think, is the the correct. That is a mathematical term. Term. Anyway, but yeah, but no, I mean, yeah, if you're limited to 16 bit, nope. it's it like H, it's like you know, in visual HDR, you know, going from 8 bit to 10 bit, it's a it's a massive difference, uh, just because you know the eyes can do colors and and brightness levels. It's it's that same thing with with audio. But then there's the other argument. Which is the source? Oh, because sure. nowadays oh, music, yeah. the dynamic range yeah. starts at ninety-eight percent and tries to get up to a hundred ten. There, there is no quiet. There are there no, is no there range is... in music anymore, and that's about the only way this would actually make some bit of a difference as you're crossing over different uh, harmonic levels. But it's totally irrelevant because you're playing this through a Sonos. I don't think there's any difference listening to a Sonos Absolutely. in somebody's yes. room. A 256-bit or kilobit MP3 playing over some streaming service versus CD quality audio or higher. I don't know if you're going to hear the difference over one of those little speakers. It's not an audiophile system. This is something to showcase HD audio, 
to make the system look more appealing to people who want to switch over because of the sure. convenience factor of, of streaming. It's, it's let's, tremendously Let's talk about what's going on inside your, your room. Your room is just has just ruined it. So it's all over. Yeah, that's another discussion. But yeah, I mean, I, I love it when people look down their noses at high-resolution audio and say that, well, studies have been shown. Right. Studies have been shown you can throw away 90% of the audio and it still sounds okay. Because you can do psychoacoustic masking of certain frequencies that are less prominent than other frequencies that we're hearing in real time. But I'm just interested in the audio reproduction itself from the standpoint of if you're, if you're going to archive something digitally, do it at a really high bit rate, really well, high sample yes. rate. Because then it's going to be a lot more, it's going to be a lot closer to the analog tape. And then when the analog tape is destroyed in a warehouse fire... Again, you yeah. haven't really lost anything because you backed it up in such a high resolution format that it sounds identical, right down to the tape hiss and the yeah. clicks and everything else. So, but to use it as an advertisement to sell your two hundred dollar wireless speaker, um, yeah, yeah, I know. It's I, I spent years dealing with this with the human visual system, different sensing. Well, that's even crazier, similar, and don't even bring similar problems. Into it. Oh, or blue, blue. Or, we have well, terrible memory for blue. But- <laughs> let's take a break here from this inane babble to hear from podcast sponsor number two this week we had a second one sneaked it in there on me hey try this for a change of pace work smarter not harder right well text expander can help you out with that text expander is a system-wide utility which allows you to instantly insert snippets of text from a repository of emails and other source content immediately as you type using a built-in quick search function or abbreviation It sounds simple, I know, but it can really help you focus your time on more important tasks instead of the mundane. Because with just a few keystrokes, Text Expander keeps you consistent, accurate, and working more efficiently. Speed through those email responses using a forms-based approach, kind of a fill-in-the-blank style, using Text Expander's quick abbreviations or powerful shortcuts to streamline, well, pretty much everything you type. If you've typed it before, you can quickly type it again. Get your message right every time. Correct those spellings and stay consistent in your language with just a few keystrokes. That's the power of Text Expander. You wouldn't be alone in this, as there are thousands of companies already using these features in customer support, sales, and legal departments. Our show listeners can get 20% off their first year by going over to TextExpander.com podcast. Again, that's 20% off your first year. Visit TextExpander.com podcast to learn more. Mercifully, the podcast is almost over. Uh, I hope. Well, we're, we're in our last half hour, I promise. Mm. Uh, no, this, it, it really goes downhill from here. Let, let's quickly touch on the last couple of topics here. Uh, There's really only one I really, really want you to bring up. What is this? No, this is, I don't want you to bring up well, this version. Okay, no, come on. I, We're not I, doing. I the, want you to bring up the, the other version. Stuff. Go to the other version of this. No. Yes. Please. What other version? Why do you do multiple do links for the same thing? The one that says use one. This one is the one is special. Are you not going to read this one? Enhanced. <laughs> you play the video? I'm enhanced. Are we going to play the video? Oh, okay. Yeah, you can play the video. Yep, so. Tired of your dull, dull boring hair. Dull, terrible. Oh, glow up, man. Get new razor. RGB hair flow. Nanotech. Now, Comes this is compatible controller. with their glasses, right? It is not. <laughs> Uh, that's just ridiculous. I liked it's the totally reference to the number Lead. of ingredients yeah. there. It's, it's you know what? Honestly, if this was real and it was app controlled, this would be awesome. 
Right. You could just walk but, around, like pull up your smartphone and be like, I want blue hair right now. I want purple hair. Now I want pink hair. I think but, I can be any anime girl I want to be. To to be able oh, yeah. to self generate the electricity to uh, yep. to be able to change and communicate. Yep. So short haired guys like me. Yeah. Yeah, short haired guys. Oh, it's discrimination against Josh. That's true. We'll be able to, they need yeah, to have no. like an RGB headband. Anybody? No, subdermal really states that, that that Razer is working on a solution for Josh. Um, they have a uh, they've got a, a toupee version of it coming out. Um, they're going to uh, the bring back version. a name from a, a dead uh, product line. They're going to call it the Orb Weaver. <laughs> oh, I like it. Mm. The Merkins will be sold under that name as well. Okay, all right. See, oh lord, it always comes down to be that waterproof too. though. People of a You'd certain age to seem to have a thing about Americans. I don't know why. You'll find out. I don't. I don't. Not I won't, for a few actually, years I won't yet, find but... out. All right. Let's see. All right. I'm, I'm going back oh, in. I'm hitting Lord. publish on this one. It's going to Twitter. No, please. Okay. Uh, the Volts. Why not? Who cares? Uh, the Volts wagon thing <laughs> that I heard about stupid. the other day. Apparently... Oh, I don't want to sign up for anything. No, thank you. Just uh, no thanks on that. Uh, apparently, that was fake. I mean, it's so yeah, it was some, a, some so late March got, joke, guys. Sorry. They yeah. got they the, got their their butt hairs in a twist because oh, of yeah. this. I can't believe yeah. you lied to AP and uh, these New York Times reporters and Auto Trend and and me, some guy from Jalopnik. I'm so angry. It's like, come on, take a joke. Can't be serious about anything anymore. Hey, we don't do April Fools anymore because of COVID, Josh. <sighs> I just think the Germans did not quite understand April Fools. Two days early, I don't think that they understood. Yeah, two days. It. Er- well, I well, think well, it leaked. Volkswagen America. It was a leak. I'm sure the oh. Germans had no idea what was going on. Well, they I do mean, now. They're very well known they for their sense now. of humor. <laughs> I don't even know what just happened. I don't know that that one German comedian lady is pretty funny. You know, that's cutting that. Cut we, the we don't want to get into any more trouble. She, she you know, her kid oh, comes yes, crying and she rubs the kids. It. Yeah, yeah, she, makes she me was laugh hilarious. Every time. Yeah, yeah. There was a set of Volkswagen commercials back in the 80s or 90s that was uh, Germans don't do comedy. Um, and uh, one of the jokes I actually found funny, it was uh, how many German engineers did it take to change a light bulb? Zero if manufactured correctly. Right. It's not funny at all. The, the three unpimp your auto commercials were hilarious. Oh, snap. But half of that was was the actor that they did who was, what, Swedish? I believe he was. I can't, I can't remember, yeah, I can't remember he was. his name, though. He was... Sweet or a Dane and hilarious, all. yeah, hilarious guy. Time to unpimp the auto. That's unpimp the auto. We just Accents dropped it like it's hot. It doesn't work without the accent. Not to us Americans, doesn't. So I did my best at uh, pretending to be a power supply reviewer. Um, you know, I, I admit. Um, you know, that uh, it's not been my forte, but I did my best to try and stress the hell out of them until they broke, which I did. Just use them for which, mining. Which is, 
Um, That's what everybody does yeah. with high power power supplies, right? That's why they're so freaking expensive right now. Yeah, uh, but I mean, if you could buy one uh, and you wanted to power a system uh, with one, these are fairly reasonable. Although, uh, as I tested out, I would suggest that they use the 650 in a um, mid-range system and keep your overclocks uh, to, a, okay. to a minimum. I was able to actually you know, cause the 650 to fail to a certain uh, point where it would literally... You know that you, you're kind of doing your overclock and you've gotten your motherboard or or your GPU to a point where it's like, oh, it just reset and it reboots. And you're thinking like, okay, I, if I just dial this in just a little bit more, maybe uh, you know a little less voltage here or a little bit more current there, depends on what it is that you're doing, or a little bit less clock speed, or, you know, I, I'm gonna nail this. I'm, I'm gonna get it in, I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get it dialed in. Weirdly enough, and this is the first time I've ever had a chance to, to do this, I got a system to that point where it was snap resetting. And all I did was I pulled the 650 kept all the settings that were causing the system to reset and put this 850 in. And you know what? It ran. It ran just fine. That may be obvious in retrospect, but I've never had a chance to take two power supplies uh, that are almost identical internally. And actually, I have some um, open pictures uh, on the review that shows the board level. They're pretty much almost identical, except for a few capacitors um, and the sizes of certain um, components in there. Um, the and swap one for the other. The modular is actually handy, right? Uh, it is. It was sort of very interesting <laughs> for me pop, to pop, pop, and away you go. <laughs> yeah, and uh, to discover that, like you know, what sometimes, no matter how much tweaking you do, when you're convinced that I'm this close to my perfectly dialed overclock, it might be your power supply that's holding you back. Hey, I like that one, that picture right there that you just went by, the the one that's just above this one. Yeah, where I happen to mention, you gotta dismiss that upper right hand corner. This one where I said, oh, the one that says danger, high voltage, don't tamper with this, essentially. It was hiding a screw. At least that told me which ones that I needed to remove to get the case off. So mm -hmm. thanks for that. Well, typically so, the tamper evident screws, like the stickers were over the screw. Yes. So. Well, there's other, maybe you saw it in a picture, but there was another set just beside it. And I wasn't sure like, well, which set is holding the case together and which one's holding the fan so yeah that was yes, actually uh, Brett has this week learned that the screws that hold a PSU together are different from the ones that secure the fan to the metal you know frame I, that. I just didn't PSU. know which one was which and it was helpful okay. to have the don't uh, take this let's apart let's get back into this review Let's <laughs> guide us through the interior of these power supplies as I shrink the picture instead of making it larger oh I know it's just based on the size but anyway um, you, the 650s on the left the 850s on the right and they're pretty much board the board is identical between them the capacitors are a little bit sized a little bit differently the transformers made these, a little are these bit lead differently. tech or they who made these they're all japanese um i can't remember the manufacturer the uh nichikan the caps they're the caps right but usually there there's a a board like a, a psu Rose I could not Foundation. see the. I couldn't see. Yeah. Okay. It was Rosebud. Right. I couldn't see who was making the board, but I did take a picture of the board IDs, and they're the same between the two of them. Okay. So, the thousand watt power supply is actually different. Uh, that has that's slightly longer, and they needed a different board layout so for that one. But all of the ones from 550 to I guess 850, uh, this particular range goes in. So 550, 650, 750, 850 are all on the same board. I will point out since I don't think you mentioned it yet for audio mm -hmm. listeners or video viewers. These are n 
There is an existing RM series, and there's an RM 1000X, oh. 850X. This yep. is the 2021 version, and for some reason they're retaining the old branding. Exactly. So the RM yes. 1000X 2021 is different from the RM 1000X that we've been using for years on our test beds here. Which is a good point. These things do have a longevity. Uh, so skipping right to the end, really, my advice is probably buy a bigger power supply than you think you need. And it's probably worth it, especially if you're an enthusiast who's going to be overclocking. Um, these things last a, a good long time in the Corsair brand. And so, you know, we've been using them to power a variety of systems for a long time. And I've personally uh, been, a, been a fan in personal uh, environments and systems before I started uh, doing reviews and things like that. And they've been good quality and they've lasted um, for, through several systems. Oh, here's the mad scientist view yeah, of me the, testing. I'm just curious point. as to this laptop. Did you borrow this from a family member? Because this is not a Mac. No, no. Mm. That, is, that is in fact uh, my laptop that I uh, usually use to uh, plug into envirom different environments and different external um systems like cars and stuff like that i use that to die to do car diagnostics and and capture oh okay so when you stuff, actually need to get yeah. work done i get it you're no, not using well a mac different kind of work when i when okay. i'm actually doing you know other kinds of work i'm usually using a mac um okay what so I did during you know, the testing jumping in here yeah go ahead. i've got to jump in here please Don't do you remember like supply? five years ago stop it jeremy stop it uh five years ago when we were at a point Intel processors were 65 to 93 watts, usually 77, 65 to 77 was total. Uh, the latest GeForce 900 series were not pulling any more than 175, and people were saying 650-watt power supply is overkill for everything oh, you can gosh. buy, including I remember buying 300-watt power supplies, yeah. Okay, yeah, but that was back in 1997 when 300 was a massive amount of power. But I'm just yeah, talking even right. just six years ago. I mean, we started going up to, you know, early 2000s, 1000-watt power supply because we had multi-GPU and all this other stuff. And then everything got more efficient around 2015, and now we're, we're moving back on up. We've got 320-watt video cards, 350-watt. 400 if you remove all the safeties and and you know, stinking intel with their cpus or 250 watt yeah no it's 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 kind of funny to see how we have swung back into you need a bigger power supply you're totally I mean, right when's about the last that. time you made fun of a kilowatt power supply <laughs> not so much anymore yeah. Part of my no. review was actually going through different GPUs and noting total system draw uh, through the uh, measurement device I was using, which is a Passmark. And with it, uh, I'll give you the the mid the mid range, the 2080 GPU. I was seeing uh, power so, uh, total system power usage of around 430 435 watts, um, which is was handled reasonably well by the the 650 that I had. Uh, then I put in a Vega Frontier. And anybody who's familiar with the Vega architecture knows but how you got to undervolt it. I I love the voice that you used because that's exactly what I heard in my head. Um, no, that was not what I was after. I specifically did not undervolt it simply because I wanted to present a challenging load to the power supplies to see how they reacted. And this was the one that finally got the 650 to keel over and snap off. So mission accomplished. Thank you, you Vega Frontier. 
Oh, but yeah, the 850 ran it. Well, you should have got it like a, a 480. Get a GTX 480. No, no, the AMD Radeon 295X2. Uh, yeah, you get you into those, those dual GPU things. I have a 580. Oh. I had a 580 I could have used. That would have been kind of midline. Isn't that the 690? The 690 no, is the dual. That was, that was no, the Nvidia. Was a dual Nvidia. Dual Nvidia. Yeah. Um, I did run it with a 1070. Um, very, you know, typical. Very modest. Uh, I, I'd say if you had a 1070 style, you know, of that era and that level C, uh, and even compared with the the 10700K that I had in the system and all the other kind of cards and things that I had going on. And I even had Corsair RGB stuff. doesn't really draw a Poor, ton, but what was the, uh, 10, 700 running without power limits or with power limits enforced? Uh, power limits enforced. See, it, well, so if t- you take off power limits, which is the default behavior, then you need another like, you know, 50 to 75 well, watts. I did that when I went to the Vega because I got tired of it's continuing to work. <laughs> okay so then you're like okay well no power limits and a vega with no undervolting now exactly. we need a bigger power supply which they would have told you anyway well, I, I don't think 650 is really the ideal it was not but at least you know i it proved the point that that's actually the case and that there's a legitimate reason hey don't feel bad about buying a thousand watt power supply just you know you might want to consider well, it you would feel bad about buying a thousand watt power supply when a they're out of stock everywhere and b when you find True. one they're three hundred dollars yeah, it's they're damn expensive, unfortunately. They are very. But if fifty is the new name number, it is, uh, no. and it worked reasonably well. I, I would have no qualms about saying, yeah, eight fifty is, we handled it, you know, and and that's obscene. I, I don't know how the um, the the new thirty series will react or the uh, the new AMD system. I don't know. I look yeah, forward. You'll to You'll find able out. To test I'll send you that thirty eighty. But the instantaneous that, power draw from a thirty eighty mm-hmm. is quite high. It will peak. Well over 400 watts. Yeah. So it, you ex- have to be able it to. Will. You have to be able to withstand that because if you're if you're parting out a and this is irrelevant because you can't buy one. But if you were to be building a system and you wanted a 3080, just because it has a 320 watt TDP does not mean that it will not hit 460 watts at times. Exactly. So you have to be exactly. Able to and that's what some of that. my very small amount of testing. Uh, turned uh, turned out to be, and I'd like to get a little bit better at it in that kind of figure out a, a test suite that I could do something that would be repeatable. Let's, I pointed out that I didn't graph anything because um, I did not have a repeatable scenario that I could say, hey, these things are comparable. I was sort of just feeling my way through it until I uh, yeah. I, I was recording peaks, but not kind of a scenario. So we had be a, a entire table full of equipment, you know. Yeah. generating loads 50, of whatever wattage. $50,000 worth of stuff. Oh, yeah. or whoever, yeah. And yeah. well over that, I'm sure, when it was new. Yeah. but I'm no Lee Garbutt. Yeah. Lee, but, you know, it's... It, it's kind of a specialized thing, too. Like, even... I don't know how many people are left who do old-school power supply reviews with all the, the test equipment. It's so expensive. Yeah, They're, even... What we Johnny were doing Gooley here is the only one I know of. He, he yeah. works for Corsair now, right? Well, the website still been, there. The website's still there, yeah. But. I may have been in touch with them because I had some questions about something I was seeing, and I actually contacted Corsair and and had a discussion with them about some readings that I was I was getting, and we had a reasonable conversation between uh, myself and them, and I, I actually reached out to Passmark with some questions. So that's going to be an ongoing thing, and so I think testing power supplies for us will be um, uh, refined over time. We'll see how that goes. Got to have the taste test involved now, though. 
I did not lick it. Once you get it out, just lick it and see how it did does. Did you there attempt were... to weld anything with either no, of them? No, yes, there were very few, very few exposed wires during this. The Although if you bring up the picture. plus the 850 together. Hmm. Yeah, I, sh- I should have. Did it weld? That's not how you Probably. alternate current. Oh. You gods. Just wire them in series. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I was all pleased right. to do it, and I have no trouble at all saying this is probably going to be enough. You should buy something in this in this zone. It's it's going to serve you well. Honestly, I think that kind of testing is probably more useful if you're saying, "Hey, with this GPU and then with this mm-hmm. GPU," because people want to know how much was the total draw, what's the headroom, was it reliable? Yeah. If you ran it for a long time under real world conditions and it was fine, yeah. You know, samples yeah. vary. You might get right. a bad PSU, but. That's why you have and just to say it out loud, suddenly a tuner watt load to it, just for a blip. And just just to say it out loud, just because not everybody might read the article, I pushed these with a full ADA sixty four suite, uh, with everything turned on, FPU testing, um, CPU crunch, crush, all of it. And um, I also ran uh, DX eleven um, Unigen Heaven in ten eighty p ultra full tessellation, ultra sampling, multi-tap, multi-subsampling in a window next to each other, just so that I had pretty much everything stressed out, memory tests and GPU going. Then I had, um, I plugged in some, you know, case fans, even though I had an open air system and I had a 10 gig NIC in there as well. Um, I had a 280 uh, AIO with a pump and two 140 um, RGB fans. You know, just to kind of try and simulate uh, as best I could as, hey, this is a load that the system or this power supply might experience from a system in real life. And then I sampled the whole thing using an inline power supply tester, which is a Passmark unit, which has a instantaneous readout on a screen that you can sort of page through and see what's going on from a voltages and overall load perspective, as well as a piece of software that I ran on a laptop, which uh, connects to that via USB and gives all kinds of instantaneous output readings and allows me to capture that to a, a CSV file. I'll get better at it. I, I just wish Passmark had a PSU tester that was more modern as far as like power draw, like more than one PCI you have to You have to run can. two of them in parallel. Right, but I, there should be a single unit. You're right. Because it, there, it's it's not a expensive device. I think it's around three hundred and sixty dollars or something like that. But it's something like that. Yeah, three three hundred four hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. But you'd think they'd offer a higher tier device. That's like now this is the one that's designed for PSUs up to fifteen hundred watts. Because the one that the individual Granted. one is it's basically for like a five hundred watt PSU. Yeah, I didn't have any SATA, trouble with the a twenty four pin yeah. ATX and just one. Uh, EPS is it eight pin? Or uh, they've updated that. that it's only one, only a single EPS, but they've they've updated a little oh. bit and include at least dual um, PCIe. Oh, the new one has now. that. Okay. Yes, I had to buy one because I needed to get this done. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, picks of the week. What's going on? Let me just add one more thing. Yes, Angus Young turned sixty-two today. You gods. His uh, his brother uh, passed away several years ago, right? Yes, he yeah. did, Malcolm. Yeah, and he was Malcolm. the taller of the two at five foot three. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's why the pants look funnier on him. I think you might need to explain oh, who these people are. Excuse me. Well, here upset. If cats. you don't know, then you don't need to know. 
Picks of the week. Yeah, uh, you don't need wait, to. Wait, no, no, hold on. Yeah. Let's move along. just left to go get something. Cats fighting. He heard, he heard upset cats. Uh-oh. But, you know, you I can go. You can go. He All right. Thunderstruck. Picks of the week. Thunderstruck. Okay, it's, it's National Backup Day or something like that. And so uh, Newegg and Amazon had some good prices. And the Samsung 980, if, for the one terabyte, it's like 50 bucks off. goes from 229 to 179 their two terabyte Ooh. is, I think, what three forty nine. Uh, these are pretty good prices for PCIe four stuff that that works well. Mm. So yeah, uh, if you're looking to uh, get a a nice solid four NVMe, it's a good time to get one because the prices are significantly lower. And I've got dogs barking, so move on to Jeremy while I pause and see what the heck's going There's on. There's no Jeremy to move on to. Oh, the cats gonna, went really crazy. His cats are hissing at your dogs. I'll, here, wait, wait, wait. I'll, I'll kill some time yeah. here. While I was at Micro Center, Josh, I also bought, I'm going to take my finger off this in a second. Oh, I also brought it. Yeah, 850. Yeah, yeah. which is uh, pretty reasonable for a PCIe, uh, you know, for a poor man's PCIe 3, you know, 3.0. Oh, it's a seven fifty. Uh, it's not the eight fifty. Sorry, it's it's a seven fifty. Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. But that'll be that'll right, be enough on. for me. Yeah, you bought <laughs> a seven fifty. You're upstaging Jeremy's pick. He's not even here to defend himself. No. With oh, your inferior Intel yeah. PCIe Gen three. Apologies. Yeah, look at this. Hey, the six seventy rocks, man. This is look at what they just to prove that Micro Center is not always, and I'm gonna I'll tell the other side of this in a second. This is what it was stickered at. You see that? Yeah. That aim focus. Yeah, one seventy nine. One seventy nine. That's too much money. That's pretty expensive for PCI. Did you actually pay for it? One twenty four. Okay, that's that's about where it should be. That's fair. Yeah. Well, prices are increasing actually on this, and I think it's because all of them are stuck on the ship in a Suez Canal. Um, so the supply mm-hmm. is getting short on that, including power supplies, which the fog the way, is getting thicker uh, and Leon's getting I just got, larger. I just got this from be quiet. Oh my God. It's so heavy. What is this? Watts. This is a That's straight rare. power thousand. Yep. There's a rare I gotta, piece of hardware you have there. I got to put it sometimes down before I, it breaks my arms. Yeah. So one day I will need to replace my Mushkin 1000 watt power supply and they don't make power supplies anymore and but i probably never did they probably just had well of course not but yeah yeah. (laughs) let or seasonic or fsp it's true usual suspects hey brett Mm -hmm. since flower what's the the flower one super flower super flower super flower makes the let x that's right brett what is your pick since Jeremy apparently has left us? My pick is having to do, are you down with the struggle regarding controlling your freaking RGBs on all of your different devices, your motherboard, your RAM, your GPU, your fans? You know what? There might be an alternative. It's called open RGB. There's a crew of people out there who have tasked themselves with reverse engineering all of the I2C protocols that sneak around inside your system on a back channel USB bus that talks to your RAM and talks to your GPU and talks to the motherboard and sets colors and patterns and things and 
they've shouldered the burden of trying to sidestep all of the conflicts between the different RGB controllers and the other stuff that that software tends to do to your system by running weird stuff in the background and asking you to sign into cloud environments. It's painful, let me tell you. This software system potentially might help. Go take a look at this thing and see if run it on your system and see if it works. It's all command line, of course, so you need to be an adult about it and just stop clicking on things. Type at it, damn it. Okay, that's offensive, but Will it, I understand. Will it control Sebastian's hair color? That's the Absolutely. question. Yes. It will. I'm working on creating the ultimate blank canvas for RGB color because my hair is rather rapidly starting to go gray in spots. You can't really tell in the video. But That'll the, help with the RGBs, though. Yeah, exactly. It will. This is too dark. I need lighter hair. Now, if I can you know, go time with, will help like, you. Uh, time. Clear hair. Totally devoid of mass. The ultimate platform. The ultimate RGB platform. The palm of his hand. Oh, that maybe up. Freezing. I know. I'm chasing as fast as I can. <laughs> Look at Kent and Jeremy down there with all that luscious air. And then you yeah, uh, think so, but mm. Mm. There are things happening underneath that you're not aware of. Uh-oh. Okay. You mean down lower? <laughs> oh, where the oh, no, I wasn't going back to that. You got upset last know. time. I was, I was not this. this. You said repeat, down this below. this is not this kind of channel. It, you know yes, it, is it is that is. kind of channel. All right. It this is, show is, is not for children. No. Or adults. No, it's made by with children. any taste whatsoever. I don't know who it's for. I don't uh, know who this is for. Jeremy had a pick that will be completely foreign to anyone who's been watching for the last 10 minutes. Uh, it's, he it was, was gone. He doesn't know. He does, does he? Okay. It's just a very slow day for picking up hardware because, well, we can't freaking buy anything but SSDs right now. And so if you're in Canada, uh, there is actually a nice sale on both the SN850s. And if the price is like the, the one terabyte is about 40% off the two terabytes, uh, 36-ish percent off or so. So well worth it picking it up. And if it's a little bit too rich for you or you run Intel, uh, the, 70, the 750s are also on sale for about the equivalent uh, discount, but, you know, about half the price. So, it, yeah, it's the only component you can buy nowadays. So why not? Not true. You can also buy CPU coolers. Isn't that right, Kent? You can. And uh, Newegg currently has a sale on the Cooler Master ML240 that I reviewed about a year and a half ago um, for the website. It's a very good cooler. Uh, the The pump on it was actually extremely quiet. The only problem I had with it were the fans were a little noisy. But uh, right now it's $80 with a $25 mail-in rebate. So you can get a very good performing 240 millimeter AIO for $55. And then we buy whatever fans you want. And we buy whatever fans a, you want. On a PC here with a 9900K and it did really, really well. The pump is really quiet. The only problem we had was the fans were a little noisy. Hmm. It almost <laughs> sounds like there's an echo in here. 
That's the I thing. used to yeah, hear them over the, the performance fans. is great if you let the fans get to like 45, 50 decibels. But yeah. Uh, I just figured it's because we, they make good, they we make had good it stuff. in the roof. We hung them upside down. I don't know. I Actually, thought maybe the bearings were loaded in a weird way. It, 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 that was the problem with the fans on this unit. Um, it, it actually wasn't the, the f- normal fan noise at the higher RPMs. That that was actually pretty reasonable. It was uh, the bearings in it. It had sleeve bearings that were just very noisy. And even at low speeds, they were noisy. Yeah, they make a wobble sound or whatever. But yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. That's going to be hard to bear. Yeah. You know, he writes a lot of his own titles. Jeremy writes all of his own material, just so you know. Yeah. Nobody writes this for him. (laughs) No one would. Is there anything else? This is why we drink heavily. Yeah, well, apparently. One of the reasons. Mm. Namas. Consensus pick from Picks of the Week. It was by a WD SSD, because everybody's been talking about it. Or Samsung Jeremy didn't know that. Get a Gen 4 SSD while well, you can before they become scarce like everything else. Josh picked a 980, so I don't know what you're talking about with Western okay, Digital stuff. Well, Brett was going on and on about his 750 that he got for his Intel system. So I I, I don't remember. It was that a probably Intel slash Micro Center rant. I don't I can't what else is actually Apple was involved that, somehow. Yeah, that, he, of course. Okay, that also happened. He, he made that the purchase, happened. he reserved the purchase on his Apple uh, M1 powered MacBook. That's, um, that's I'm glad I was out there fabrication. listening to three cats screaming and yelling oh, at each other instead of fake news. Yeah. All right. <laughs> hey, I'm on an Intel MacBook. I have a 2015 Core, not Core 2 Duo. It's a Core i5. But it's a dual core MacBook Pro. It's 10 o'clock. It's midnight for me. All right. I know. So that's, it's even worse. So let's cut it off. 